Hey guys, Pooch again popping in with another quick disclaimer. Uh, This time around was a two-part episode, as you may or may not already know, and you are currently listening to episode 2B. That's part two. So if you haven't already listened to episode 2A, stop what you're doing, pause, time out, blow the whistle, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go back to your favorite podcast provider, iTunes, SoundCloud, etc., 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 and make sure that you find episode 2A. Listen to that first before you come back and listen to this one that we're kicking off right now, episode 2B, or you're going to be smack dab in the middle of something that doesn't quite make sense and is completely out of context. But assuming that you have listened to part one and you are ready for part two, uh, we will be continuing our interview with our guests, Imperial Oak Brewing, as well as sit-in guest host, Tony Martino. And uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of awesome content coming up, including uh, the remainder of our episodic segments that we do and that you are hopefully coming to know and love. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump right back into where we left off. Uh, We had just finished speaking with Grant from Imperial Oak Brewing, and uh, he is stepping out. Brett, his partner in ownership and brewing, is stepping in, and we're going to ask some more questions of him, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. Cheers. All right, well, as you just heard, that was Grant leaving off to go fetch us some refills on our beers, and uh, Brett is busy getting mic'd up for part two of our featured interview with Imperial Oak Brewing. So while we wait for him to do that, let's review a few of their beers, shall we? We shall. Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? So while we were listening to part one of the interview with Grant, we did a little bit of taste testing. Uh, Shout out to taproom manager Christian for setting us up with these crawlers to go. Thank Uh, you, thank you. Awesome dude. Killer beard, like you cannot beat his beard. Like, is it wrong for a man to just go up to another man and be like, "Can I just like stroke your ZZ Top amazing beard?" Like, no, that's fine. It's that's awesome. I mean, it's awkward, but I feel like most take it as a compliment now. Right. Yeah. Like seriously, fear the beard. Like, I mean, you're not a man unless you're like rocking. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. I can't even grow facial hair in certain. Like, and I have patches. I mean, here. it's it's there. It's there. But it's but probably, it's not. I mean, it's good for you though, because like, so how old are you? I just turned 37. Okay, so like, if I looked at you, I wouldn't say you're like a day over thirty-two. And so if the clean, well, thank you. If the baby face, like clean-cut look, like does that for you, go with it. Yeah, man. I know, I know. I shouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, Christian's an awesome dude. I actually, uh, I think it was like it was a couple years ago, a few years ago, I had my birthday at Imperial Oak Brewing, and he's like the taproom manager, so mm-hmm. he set that all up for me. Uh, killer dude, awesome. Set us up with everything we're tasting today. So uh, let's let's get to it. Let's share our thoughts. Um, on the beer, not his awesome beard. It is awesome, but let's let's share our thoughts. About <laughs> Tony can go check it out, maybe for some like inspiration or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys both should check it out. Imperial Oak, amazing tap room. We got to get Danielle here. You can't be on the show and not have had Imperial Oak beer. But let's uh, let's talk about what we thought first up. Prediction pain, which I know Tony loves Rocky. I feel like you may oh. have a framed poster of Rocky. You do, don't you? 
I, it's not framed anymore. It's not framed. You worked it. at a frame shop. What I know. The f- I know. What are you, what are you doing? Because uh, I gotta convince the girlfriend to let me hang some Rocky stuff. She's oh, Italian. She should like I've watched the marathon with her, and she's just like, I don't get why you get so jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sitting here. I'm like, wow, I don't catch the reference in the name, but I do enjoy Rocky. But yeah. I don't have a poster. Uh, All right. So essentially, you're, you're talking Mr. T. You're talking Clover Lang, and uh, they ask him for like his prediction on the fight, and he's like, prediction. Pause. 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 Pain. Yeah. Because he's going to instill some freaking pain. And that is the IPA that we have tasted while you were listening to part one of the interview. Um, I will just say for like general description purposes, uh, it's a very kind of like hoppy bitterness. You got like the flavor and aroma there that you would expect in an IPA. Very clean tasting. Uh, it's an 8.5% ABV. So it's kind of like medium to medium high me personally i don't consider anything high until it hits the double digits that's just my tolerance um but it's a staple at their brewery uh big rocky fans and that is more often than not available when you go there um obviously you know tony you appreciate the the even though you're not drinking right you appreciate the name and that I appreciate and it. And I smelled. I, I, I will I will smell Yes, alcohol. you will smell the alcohol. Um, so personally, myself, uh, pints up, pints down. I'm giving it a pints up. While I have kind of like steered myself away from IPAs a little bit, like I was super heavy in the IPAs like a couple of years ago. And uh, two things happened. Just like kind of like with anything, if you have like a little bit too much of it, you sort of get burnt out on it. So yeah. I think I was just going IPA crazy yeah. um, with the beers. And then also like they released a study they're saying that like some of the stuff in like IPAs uh, creates like man boobs. And I was like, I'm already at a struggle trying to cut weight here. <laughs> so I don't really need my beer to be giving me man boobs. I'd yeah. rather have the beer gut, not the man boob. Yeah. So, is that actually like an IPA thing or just like a beer is thing? Is that just a beer thing? No, well, the beer, any beer will give you the gut, but supposedly it's like something with the IPAs. The study shows that will, will give you the moobs, the man boobs. That's interesting. Um, so this is an IPA. Well, maybe we have to revisit that study off air and okay, yeah. well, give, it, give it a little research. This is an IPA. It's an imperial IPA. It's a double. Uh, so, I mean... Double, come on, double the man boobs. This is scary. <laughs> well, this you, is scary shit for me. All right, you have two. maybe it's actually really good for me. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. So, <laughs> does it work for girls too? I, I, I would assume so. But see, they're supposed to. Like we're not. Well, we'll revisit the study. I mean, yeah. I'm, I might have to go shopping after I drink some IPAs. <laughs> I don't know. I think you only had a little taster, but okay. Like so, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna for. Even though I've scaled back on my IPA intake, I'm going to give it a pints up. I'm giving it. I'm giving it a pints up. Thumbs up, uh, Danielle. Um, I am actually not typically your IPA drinker. Um, we've had this conversation before. I think about like I just have certain type of taste buds that catch certain things, and usually IPAs are too bitter for me. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I wrote down is like, hey, it hits the side of the tongue bitterness for me. Um, this one, despite it being pretty hoppy, I actually like it. I like the flavor. I like the I like the palate overall. It's just very light, easygoing. I mean, I can sit there and probably drink a few of these, so I'm going pints up. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to go, we're just going to vote for Tony. He didn't taste it, but he's going to go pints up just based on the name because yeah. he likes Rocky. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, yeah. Sounds, it sounds perfect. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and uh, Danielle, I mean, 
if you feel like you're, you know, you have to go shopping at the uh, the ladies section in like a week or two, <laughs> then that IPA thing is true. So. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm going like binging on IPAs, but I don't know. We'll do a little research. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how much it takes. We'll, we'll do some research. Let me know if you have to go up a size. <laughs> well, that might be a common uh, or a nice uh, segue for us into our next beer. We have the Utterly Black Milk Stout. <laughs> I'm going to reach across the table and shake your hand on that one. I love that a woman just made that joke, so I don't have to. Um, that was good. That you know, was a good one. I was just trying to catch a transition when I can. Yeah. But, um, this one's very smooth. It says creamy body. It gives us a sweet caramel and chocolate flavor profile and aroma. We're down at the 5.4% EBV. Uh, medium to medium low alcohol content, I guess. But this one here is another brewery staple. So, Chris, I'm glad you brought it out. Christian, holler to you. Thanks for uh, giving us a taste here. Uh, what do you think of it, Pooch? I love this thing. So the, the thing about it is now uh, the prediction pane that I brought, that was in a crawler. Uh, the Utterly Black Milk Stout was canned. So that was like in their to-go fridge. Uh, I don't have an exact like date on when it was canned, but still uh, very fresh, very delicious, very awesome. So this is the the thing that is really cool is that as you heard in the interview, they have recently switched from a mobile canner where it's like you're basically contracting out like a mobile canner to come with the equipment and can your stuff. Um, so they're a little bit short on their cans right now, but they're about to explode because it's all on them now. They have their own machinery. They can do it on their own terms. They can do it on their own schedule. So uh, the Utterly Black Milk Stout, despite being something that may have been in the fridge for a week, you know, might have not been like canned yesterday. Uh, super, super awesome. Tasted no different in the can to me than it does straight out of their taps. Uh, delicious. I give it a pints up. I am a fan of the Utterly Black Milk Stout. All right. I'm uh, I'm literally over here trying to withhold my laughter for the number of time you said cans in that segment. So we're just, yeah. keeping, this, we're just keeping this theme going, I guess. Cans and udders. Just, we're at the... the... Creamy. <laughs> um, this one for me, really, I wrote down, hey, this one is fantastic. Fannie Mae in a cup for me. Um, it was really just a tasty treat. Probably not something I could drink consistently, but um, I did love that it was probably a nice little like post dinner. Um, you know, have a couple, maybe two, <laughs> um, of these. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed the sweetness. I enjoyed the flavor. Um, I'm gonna go pints up with it too. Yeah, I, definitely like a very smooth, like desserty tasting beer. One of the better stouts that I've had. And uh, if you go to the tap room, they also do like tons of variants. Uh, if you go there on St. Paddy's Day, which is you know kind of a ways off, you have to go to 2019. But they do a thin mint Girl Scout cookie type Ooh, flavor really? of the the. My uh, girlfriend would be all about that. Yeah, the let's utter, throw it in the calendar. Let's do it. Let's mark it down. I haven't missed it since the the year that they opened in 2014. Yeah. Let, well, let's all go together. We'll make it an after work drinks outing. I was just gonna yeah. say, let your girlfriend know we have a date. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, done. Clearly, <laughs> done. like. Don't drink alcohol until that day, and and then that day, like if you, I'll if end you, up in if jail. You, if you break it, yeah, <laughs> you can smell it though. You can, uh, you smell, can smell it. it. Oh, it was, I want to drink it then. Just like, I'll bring. Can I just bring Girl Scout cookies? You yes. could. You could. Yeah. So like honestly, like it, talk better. about the perfect pairing. The smell yeah. of the smell of that beer, and like I don't know if you could do like a like a like a kitten or a puppy, like just like a little, like a lap, like a lick of it. Like, is that cheating? I don't know, but like, it's delicious. It is like legit the Girl Scout thin mint cookie mm. form of beer. It's so good. I can't say enough. I, don't, I, <laughs> I wish it was March. I'm so excited right yeah. now just to, yeah. just to think about it. We have something to look forward to. And finally, uh, our last one that we tasted uh, while you guys were listening to Grant 
bestow knowledge upon us about his brewery, we tried the Kaiser's Cucumber Watermelon Kolsch. Now, the Kaiser Kolsch is a, you know, a fairly semi-regular thing that they'll have on their menu, but this Cucumber Watermelon is a new thing that they did this summer. Uh, I believe they tapped it two weeks ago, and uh, I was able to scoop some of that up for us. So it's refreshing. It's very light but crisp. Uh, it goes down easy. Uh, the term crushable has been used. You can chug many of these <laughs> at your family barbecue and you will be just fine. Uh, a great summertime beer and all the flavors in it are not like that artificial type stuff. It is natural fruit juices and they taste amazing. So real cucumber juice, real watermelon juice that you actually have to go to like a supplier wow. that's like, we fresh squeeze this shit wow. for you. Brah. We fresh squeeze this for you. With tender, loving care. Uh, again, a 5.4% ABV, much like the Utterly Black Milk Stout. So it's not going to get you tanked up. You can have a few of these and you'll be all right. Uh, and it's just delicious. I will give it a humongous, humongous pints up. All right. Um, I'm already a fan of a Kolsch, typically. So this one I was a little worried about. I think before I understood that it was really like natural flavorings. I'm like, oh, my God, this thing's going to either taste like syrupy, like a Bath and Body Works, you know, body, (laughs) you know, shower gel or um, like a Jolly Rancher. So I was a little cautious, I guess, on the on the front end of it. Um, But really, really, really like this beer. This is the perfect beer. I think if someone is looking for their like transition into beer or like if they're not a beer fan so maybe this is for like our female audience largely or a guy that enjoys at least a sweet beer um it's light it's refreshing it's like just fruity enough that like you kind of think about it for a second you're like (laughs) hmm like this tastes like delectable but then you realize like oh like it actually is a beer so it's like guys will be like rawr it's a beer it's fine but then the women are like oh i can drink this too it's delicious so pints up, baby, for sure. Look at that, three especially for up. the summer. So now, so now that we've three pints up, and you had you had a, a pints down, not based on it being. I know, hold n- it against me. Not based on it being crap last month, but like based on just like this isn't my like typical go-to thing for this time of year. Mm-hmm. So definitely timely in the time of year with this cucumber watermelon. Uh, clearly, we need to get Danielle out to Imperial Oak in person because it's nice to have it here, but you really yeah. got to go to the tap, just I mean, straight out of the tap. You know, I enjoy beards, too, so maybe an intro to Christian, you, go. you know. We'll there go. you go. Hey, I, I don't know what Christian's got going on, but maybe he'll let you stroke his beard a little yeah. bit. Hey, I, first things first, okay? I like, let's at least have a drink. We don't need to get into beards right away. Hey, where's this going? I'm confused. I am, too. <laughs> All right. And you know what's funny? Like, last month, episode one, I, I said we, we would mostly focus pints up pints down on the the drinks whether that be beer wine or or, or spirits yeah and I, and we did a review last episode for ant-man because come on you gotta love marvel and yeah. so i'm gonna do a little pints up pints down review for my favorite band blue october uh i don't know tony are you familiar i'm familiar i don't like i haven't i don't think i've actually sat down and listened to any of their records so essentially you're probably like yeah they had that single hate me that like blew them up right that was like 15 years ago, 10 years ago? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, that, that was totally that. like, that was like 2006. Yeah, like that and like Into the Ocean. And that's what most yeah, people yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, Their new sound is totally different and I love it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So essentially, um, I, I will I will tell you this. Uh, the further that lead singer Justin Furstenfeld gets into his sobriety, 
the more you kind of hear the transition from like old, dark, woe is me content into happier, more upbeat, life has a lot of beautiful things and relationships to offer type music. And any hints of like dark or somber that remain on the album can be explained by the fact that for one of the first times, Justin actually wrote from the point of view of other people in his life. Uh, not necessarily making it fully autobiographical like previous albums. So he wrote their stories. And while some of the music is about him, I feel like that's maybe like two, three, four tracks at at most. Uh, Whereas this time it was like anybody, like family, friends, whatever, like he knew their stories and he wrote from their point of view too which is actually like really cool um so you do on this album hear a lot of things that are from his i guess like what he's into now like this is his first album that he produced all by himself no help oh wow whatsoever which is really cool uh and so he wanted to put out there like his influences and things that he currently like is just feeling right now so musical influences abound it's apparent from all genres uh rock pop dance indie shoegaze and 80s for sure uh some songs even utilizing that signature 80s style synth nice on his his vocals nice and uh the whole thing's just chock full of musical variety and if you're open to multiple styles of music you will love this album it has something for everybody i personally plan to have it on repeat myself for the remainder of the year and i can't legally play anything uh on this podcast right now but the cd is available in stores and online on all major music provider services right now so if you got your got your spotify Spotify, itunes of course Mm -hmm. um definitely give it a listen it's just like an amazing album uh it's got heavy stuff it's got ballady stuff stuff about him stuff about his friends and family like it's just uh, a really awesome album Mm -hmm. and you see the night and day between when he was writing about the times when he was depressed and uh you know an addict and uh an alcoholic versus now he's happily remarried yeah. uh, has children and basically just wants to like celebrate the fact that so many people in his life were willing to when he cleaned up his shit when he cleaned up his act give him a second chance yeah. and and that's mm-hmm. like fucking awesome to me yeah. I really love that and even though I'm not like sitting here being like an alcoholic or a drug addict like so much of the content like I can relate it's to is relatable yeah. um, for sure which yeah. is why they're my favorite band and it's just really fucking cool and I, I recommend everybody to check this this CD out. Go see them on tour. Uh, they are just going to start their second leg of their tour for this album. And we went in April and saw before the, the yeah. CD was out. It just dropped on August 17th. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Um, so Pooch and I went out to House of Blues, and it was such a fun show. I had no clue really what to expect. Yeah. Um, played a couple of their old things, and I'm like, ooh, like this might be a little bit much for me to handle. Like their yeah. old stuff isn't my like typical go-to type of genre. Um, but love the show. Had a blast. Um, and even for like my own Instagram following, like I've kind of got rid of some of the bullshit, and I like to follow a lot of, hey, like positive, like good vibes, like. Yeah. leadership work ethic yeah. um just like leading a healthy lifestyle um and if you guys want to give it a follow to blue october band i started following them right away um justin tells even a little bit of his story through his ig and it's exciting to see just his life and the impact that he has on people yeah. i've um, never i've never met like a, a lead singer that like lets you into in his personal life yeah. so much whether it yeah. be like pictures and videos with his children yeah um recently blue miller who is basically like his kind of like 
like one of his inspirations. Uh, it's like a musician that he worked with, that wrote songs with, that produced songs with, that he named his first daughter Blue after. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. He just he passed away, and I know that was hard for yeah. him. Um, but he brings you like into that that yeah. stuff that some people don't want to let you into their yeah. personal yeah. life. He does that, and so like. Even if your life doesn't exactly match his, like you can relate and you There's appreciate relation, that he, that he right? lets yeah. you in. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. Cool. And there are like some fans that unfortunately uh, are like, man, I, I like the old shit better when it's dark and he's depressing because that's where I'm still at. And I just like, I mean, no offense to anybody out there that likes the band that likes their older stuff, but I, I really, oh, I bite my tongue so hard on social media to not say stuff to those people yeah. because I can say like, I made a friend at a, at a show that was from Indiana and uh, a couple albums ago, he's like, I just, I can't relate to this album. Uh, fast forward a year, he now has like a girlfriend. He's like super duper freaking happy with her. And yeah. all of a sudden, that happy music, the music Justin writes about his wife and his kids, yeah. like, he can relate to that. Yeah. So it's just kind of one of those things where like, please don't be shallow minded and just be like, just because I'm not there yet, just because I'm still back in like depression or addiction, yeah. like that I can't be happy for Justin and the band Blue October that they're over here with their family and yeah. their happiness. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's like, even if you're not there yet personally, you should be able to be like, well, that's what I aspire to be. I want to find the same happiness and the same family life that he has. So to me, like, even if you're not there, you should be able to aspire to it and still appreciate and, and like love that that's where he's at. Be happy for him yeah. and hope that that for yourself. But if they're miserable, they're going to be miserable no matter what. Yeah, right. and they'll try, to, they'll try to get you to join them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, Pooch, what do you think? It pints up, pints oh, down. clearly it pints up. Like, I, I I can't wait. Uh, second leg of the tour is is going down, and unfortunately, there is not a Chicago date right now. I may. Oh, you will travel for I, sure. I may be going to Peoria, Illinois, or Milwaukee at the Rave at in the Wisconsin. Rave. So you know, I can't get enough because what nice. happened? They played us a couple new songs when uh, when I went with Danielle in mm-hmm. April, and they've. I've, according to the internet, I've been playing a couple more new songs, and I want to hear those songs yeah, live. Yeah. So I, I may have to travel. Danielle, if you're not busy, you should travel again. I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah, we should get the squad together. Milwaukee's yes. not that far. Not it, at all. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Not at all. So thanks, Blue October, for that. We'll for sure be listening. And now I do believe it is time for some chit-chat, so uh, let's get it cracking with 99 Bottles. It's time for some discussion. So take one down and pass it around. This is 99 Bottles. But a Pilsner ain't one. Hit me! All right, this month on 99 Bottles, our subject matter is guilty pleasures. So uh, we're just going to go kind of round robin across different topics of of what your guilty pleasure is in each subject. Uh, Let's go, let's start with Tony. He's our guest this this month. What are some of your food guilty pleasures? Donuts. Ooh. And hold on. Not just any donuts. This is my son and my girlfriend always get on me about this. Like, I really watch what I eat. I don't eat a lot of sugar. But the Jewel, like, box donuts, like, it's $5 for a box. <laughs> like, it's not even, like, some, like, high-class no, donut. No. and But they, they have, like, there's boxes, and they're just, like, assorted. And I will... Like go through the boxes and I find the ones with like the the long johns that I like and I, oh, I know where I'm going tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I know they now are those the same donuts like that are actually in their like bakery cabinet? Like yes. you can just pick out and like build yes. your own box. I know, but like usually when we go to the store, it's like midnight. Oh, you know so what I mean? Yeah. Because now I have gone during the day, but then I'm also very frugal, so it's like. 
wait a second. So I spend 79 cents on each donut or I get this whole box that has like 15 for five <laughs> bucks. It's like, dude, do it. Yeah, that would be mine. Jewel donuts. I love it. Danielle, yeah. what kind of what kind of food for you? Uh, well, I was sharing with the guys that I actually texted my parents like, hey, like, what are some of my like favorite foods? Um, very literally, um, I get the response. Hey, whatever is free. I'm like, <laughs> yes, actually, yeah, that is very true. That's good. Uh, you know, free food just tastes better, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I would say probably one of my favorite would be my mom's mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about like processed cheese earlier, but it's a Velveeta mac. Oh my God. I could sit there and probably eat the whole container. It could be hot. It could be the next day cold straight out of the fridge. No problem. I could kill it. All right. I'm a mac and cheese fan myself and uh, not all mac and cheese is created equal. For my foods, I'm going to say carnival foods. If you get me in a carnival atmosphere, (laughs) it's just like, it's a staple. Like I can't, I can't be at a carnival and, and there's, Three things that I need to do if, if you get me to go to a carnival. I need to eat a corn dog because they're freaking amazing. <laughs> I and, can't remember the last time I had a corn dog. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? It's, carnivals go into the fall. We're going to take care of that. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. Corn dog, elephant ear, and I got to ride the freaking Tilt-A-Whirl. Favorite, <laughs> oh, man. favorite ride of all time. But that's that's uh, the number one guilty pleasure food, all that fried goodness. And then uh, I do like peanut M&Ms. I find myself at the vending Ooh, machine at yeah. work a lot oh, for vending M&Ms. Yeah. Last year, I I bought a Costco humongous pouch oh of, of them. and I Did you like eat them until you threw up? I think that like the next three nights of like coming home from work, watching your, yeah. like, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night TV f- programs, whatever, from 7 to 9, yeah. I, I think... I think I killed the whole oh my God. bag That's in right. like three to four days from Costco. You need to like snack size bag separate that. No. You, you do. No. You, no. No. <laughs> no. Just do it. Just go. Do it. Go big. Go big. And, uh, and ice cream. I can never say no to ice cream. I love yeah. ice cream. And if there's things you can put ice cream on top of, like, you know, cake, pie, whatever, plop some, some yeah. ice cream on top of it to supplement it. Those are my guilty pleasures for sure. Uh, let's talk about TV shows. Tony, do you have guilty pleasure TV shows? Like, I do. I shouldn't like this. But I do. I do. Uh, we had talked about some off off mic, but <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick one. That would be Gossip Girl. I've seen two episodes of that show, and it was like random seasons, like out of context. It was just because, like you know, like the the females like it, um, and ac- and X was watching it. I watched it. Yeah. And um, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I did get sucked in a little bit. I'll tell you that. If you start it from the beginning, you will you will be sucked in. Gosh. So like, does that make me like a terrible girl that like I I don't watch that? No. Well, you, you said you're kind of like a tomboy. So, yeah. so what are your what's your guilty TV pleasure? Um, all right. So you're talking to the girl that by choice does not have cable and does not have internet. So cable's common these days. Internet, <laughs> not so not, not so much. much. Yeah. No, like because usually internet is your solution to not having cable. And yeah. This has been like years at a time. So I have like had roommates occasionally along the way, and so like all right, we'll splurge because we're like splitting it. But yeah. um, I don't even think it's about like the cost necessarily. Anywho, so during um, my first non-cable, non-internet time. Um, I was like, oh, like, you know, I want to pick up like a couple DVDs, like maybe give something like, you know, a watch or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I asked my dad, I'm like, hey, like I've been listening or like hearing about this series called Shameless. Oh, yeah. and, oh Shameless you know, is it's, great. It's set in Chicago, I have to you catch know, up. and I heard yeah. it's a little, you know, 
out there. I was like, I think I want to give it a watch, you know. Yeah. Dad comes through. Orders, <laughs> episode or seasons, whatever it was. One, two, three, however far it went. Yeah. And um, that was my jam for a while. Shameless. Um, and then I picked up the... I don't think um, you should be... that. Like, to me, that's not a guilty pleasure, though. That, I think, is a well-renowned, like yeah. good show. Yeah. Um, why can't I think of the, the lead actor? What the hell is his name? Um, the guy who was, he was in... Uh... What the hell else was he in? Uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, uh, everything. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking it up now. Um, it's one. Of, isn't it one of those three word names? Like like bomb bomb bomb. Yeah, I, I think it may be. I think he may have one of those 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 three names. But like, so my um, <laughs> my story with this William H Macy. Yeah. And I yeah. was going to say Gacy. Yeah. So. Well, that would have been say, much worse. I was going to say William, but I was like, nah, that's not So right. William H. Macy, like, uh, I, I work in the West Loop, and there's, like, some train tracks there. And yeah. he actually was filming a scene. Uh, I don't, I can't recall what season it was for. But it kind of sucked because there's people at work, like myself, that are like, oh, Shameless, awesome show. Um, this guy that kind of, like, he knows Shameless. He knows who William H. Macy is, but he doesn't, like, religiously watch the show. Yeah. Uh, he was coming into work that morning, and they were doing, like, a th- I think it was, like, a thing where he's, like, beating the train, like, across the tracks to, like, escape something. And so he basically, like, filmed the take, got across the train tracks. Train goes by, all that jazz. And this guy's just like, hey, you're William H. You're the shameless guy. Hey, can we take a picture? And he's like, sure. So, like, as soon as it's like, cut. He takes a picture with this dude. He comes into work. He shows all of us. And we're like, bro, you don't even care about this show. You suck. Like, yeah, we're all jealous. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. really cool that it's filmed in Chicago for sure. Yeah. I, I'm going to rebuke you calling it a guilty pleasure because you should not be guilty. It's an awesome show. Yeah, I think probably guilty in the sense that, like, I don't binge watch really anything because I don't watch like isn't TV, there a lot of like really. is there a lot of like sex and stuff in that show too? Yeah. oh yes really I haven't watched oh it. yes yeah just a little bit interesting I think maybe that's kind of why I put it in the guilty pleasure like category yeah. that there's just a lot of shit in it that I don't normally watch it's not and then to watch it yeah. like extensively like back to back extensive sex I, no no <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to say for myself, my guilty pleasure TV show, like if I, I mean, there's probably multiple, but just to put like one that's head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, I watched The O.C. And that was not at like the behest of an ex-girlfriend or anything. Like, come watch this chick show with me. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was just kind of like a slow time of the year. And it was a new <laughs> show. And I was like, let me check this out. And I kind of got hooked i found it funny i found it entertaining i i like the actors and actresses and like and i knew but it's all is is that is that is that pre laguna beach or post laguna beach because isn't it like the same kind of people or not kind, well kind of wait wasn't except, it i thought it was like the oc and then laguna well because like the oc was like they're related right I think. well no like so the the oc was like a TV show that was fictional, whereas like Laguna Beach, I believe, did take place oh. in in the real like the OC, but it was like quote unquote reality TV. That I can't be down for. But the the OC. Oh yeah, I got, I got, I remember now. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. like good I old, bet you will throw their like intro song on, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, like Cal- all like all like California, the feels and the related. Yeah. Misha Barton. California, here we come. <laughs> 
Yeah, like that one. So, I mean, Sethula, Captain Oates, yeah, I was down for that shit. And gotcha. I, I don't care. And you know what? When his mom, when, when the family crashed down and had an intervention on mom for being an alcoholic on the wine, I cried. <laughs> Fuck y'all. I don't care what you think about me. I cry all the time. I went from being like such a hard ass and like holding everything in and never crying. No, that's not and then, good. And then I like cry, in the I last cry, I cry on shit all the time. Oh my god. And then like I don't know, the last whatever, three, four years or something, I see like a good commercial and I'm like Oh yeah, it's so like cute. I just okay, okay. You need to go buy that. Like, yeah, <laughs> she cried about a dead cat earlier. It was it was amazing. I did. She did. It was really sad. Friend of the yeah. show, Peter. Peter's cat passed away recently. Mm-hmm. I I remember that cat fondly from back in the day. Like I'm super allergic to dogs and cats. Yeah, but that cat was cool because it would come, it would like go by your leg and be like, I'm meow, out. Meow. Yeah. What, what, what's up? What's yeah. up, Pooch? And then it would go hide behind the curtain or run upstairs and leave me alone because it knew. Yeah. It knew it was going to yeah. make me sneeze. It just wanted to greet me, say hello, I love yeah. you too, See? and then it would take off. And so I, I, I'm so sad to hear that that cat passed away. Yeah. But yes, tears for everyone. R.I.P. Uh, Noel, you're in my heart, even though we've never met. Cute cat, orange and white. Wonderful. <laughs> um, let's talk about guilty pleasure music. Tony? Um... I listened to, and this actually is a takeoff of uh, Brian, who's the current drummer in Hairbangers Ball. He, me and him were like party buddies, and we're still like best buds. But we would always listen to the cheesy 80s stuff, like uh, yes! Donnie Iris, Madonna, yeah. Debbie Gibson. Yeah. Nice. That's um, on my list. All that stuff. Yes. That's the really like outlandishly cheesy stuff <laughs> we love. Danielle? Um, I don't know. So now I, I feel like I have that challenge of like guilty pleasure, but I would say... The two are probably Usher, a little okay. U-S, H-E-R-R-A-Y-O-N-D. Yes. What you want to be. I may have so, been two weeks ago listening to that song, yeah. and now I don't feel so, so bad. You know, I don't feel bad. I, I love Usher. I'm a big 90s fan, period. Yeah. Um, but then also like 90s country. Oof, give me some Garth. Give me some Alan Jackson. Like the real country? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We were just at an outdoor... Um, like show um, down at the Rascaller in Indy, such an awesome venue. I've never been there before. And then it was like the second, you know, Low Places comes on. I'm like, that's it. I'm out of my seat. Yeah. Like, let's go. Good yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. um, love it. Uh, for myself, 80s music, as Tony said, like, doesn't matter what kind. It could be 80s pop. It could be 80s hair metal. It could be 80s rock. 80s whatever. Yeah. Like, there's just like a certain, like, aesthetic, a certain, like, hokiness to a lot of it. And the songs are so good. Like, if you, so put, good. If you put 80s and, and Pandora, yeah. it will probably take three and a half hours before it hits one that I don't like. Yeah. Like, it's fan effing tastic yeah um 90s hip-hop and r&b for sure the best oh god 90s were great uh for all genres of music 90s was great yeah uh and then i like a, a guilty pleasure some modern pop hits i i will listen to select taylor swift songs and like yeah. sia Ooh, yeah sia yeah. the greatest there i mean like if anybody like can you screen i don't know i don't think you could screenshot a video on snapchat but like there's definitely a video of me in my car doing like sia the greatest and i was feeling myself it was it was good shit she's awesome she really is i she's I, a rock star i like her stuff it's good stuff show us your forehead though don't cover your face with your your wigs and such yeah <laughs> um let's go into hobbies interests activities that whole realm what under there might be a guilty pleasure of yours? I'm hoping you say what I think you're going to say. Uh, the first thing that pops in my head is me, Sarah, and my son, Jack, play Pokemon Go. Ooh. Okay. Okay. 
What did you? Th- what were you hoping I was gonna say? Well, so this is the thing. Like, I have I have things, and it is the older I get, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you if you think it's nerdy. Yeah. Like so so that guilty thing. Like you. Th- think I should feel guilty, but I don't. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. And and so the thing I thought you were going to say, and you should not feel guilty about this, sir. I know you're a weather nut. You love oh, fucking yeah. storms oh, and tornadoes. Yeah. I've you always love been it. very open and not giving a fuck if anybody says anything. Yeah, don't. About. Don't care about that. I'm a tra- I'm I'm a certified weather spotter for the uh National Weather Service. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. So uh that I don't think you should be ashamed of that, and that's the thing. Like, I'm when I give my answers, like I don't even know if I. We feel... play Pokemon Go at my shows. Like, we'll get to the show, and actually, before a Charizard's on the drum set, get yep. that mother effort. Before uh, uh, Hairband Night show, me, Sarah, and Jack pulled up, and Andrew, our lead singer, was walking down the street to the stage, and uh, I yelled at him, just being an asshole, and he's like, "Dude." There's a raid battle going on behind the stage, and we literally rushed over there. And backstage at a hair metal show, before we go on, we're all in this corner doing a doing a battle, a Pokemon Go battle. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Yes, collect That's, them all. Yes, yes. Danielle, I don't really know, and I feel like just like I can feel like the face of disappointment coming over me. But <laughs> yeah, um, like what are you doing you with know, your life? You have to have some hobbies, some I, interests. I mean, I do, but I feel like it's nothing that I'm like. Guilty of? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know the tomboy thing came up a couple times, but I'm always down for, like, some camping or hiking, and it's really funny when people are like, yeah, but, like, you're just, like, a professional woman, and you're always, like, so put together. And I'm like, no. No, <laughs> no honey, I'm not. Like, there's yeah. also, you know, like, the more real side to me. You know, I like, yeah. I like it now. Like, I like being on the water, being in the sun. Um I feel like if anybody's making you feel guilty for that, they're kind of an a-hole. They're assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. I don't really have anything that's necessarily um, a guilty pleasure, but I I will uh, bookmark that one and and come back to it if something (laughs) different comes up. Let it stew. Yeah, I I love my uh, tomboy tendencies. Fair enough. Uh, For myself... Um, I spend a, a lot of time like mulling around, um, trying to fully understand life's mysteries and like how our minds work and, and why we think and act the way we do. So I guess like psychology would be, yeah. uh, I was a psychology major for like a, I think a semester or two. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one of those things where I realized like, if you do this, you're either going to become a, like a professor or you're going to become like an actual psychologist putting people on your couch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you need to go to a shit ton of school. Yeah. yeah. So I... And like, you're going to totally. analyze everyone that you see. Right. Yeah. So I was fascinated. I enjoyed it. But I just I, – I didn't feel like the – I want to do this for like a living thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's definitely like a, like a interest or a hobby, I guess, of mine. All so right. Think let's, about that. Let's, let's get to the other one that's a little more entertaining. Professional wrestling? <laughs> Professional – it's man soap opera, goddammit. <laughs> if you're watching General Hospital, I'm watching WWE. I don't care what you say. Fine. I don't Is care. that – I almost everyone that I'm friends with – Everybody, like all the every all the guys are openly cool about wrestling. Like we have wrestling AEW <laughs> over at I, Bourbon Street. Yes, I feel like it's AEW a lot of like, is amazing. Yeah. Thank I you. feel like it's like a lot of our generation though. Like yeah, some people like maybe like got into it like with their dads or like their fun uncle or something like that. But I feel like men that are now in their like thirties ballpark you are sh- usually like the wrestling fans. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought you were about to talk shit about me. <laughs> uh, no, but like, so so you're talking about like running for, for office potentially if you get your signatures. Um, 
the WWE wrestler current. I, I he may retire now that he ha- was successful, but Kane? Uh, current yeah, Kane yeah. Glenn Jacobs, current Republican. Uh, he freaking won Knox, He's a mayor. Knox, yeah. Knox County in in yeah. freaking Tennessee. So we mentioned Nick Blazina. Lead singer writing the songs for State and Madison. He yeah. lives in Nashville currently, yeah. so he may be a little bit more familiar. But Glenn Jacobs, aka Kane in WWE, he just won. He yeah, the, the new he's mayor elect. It's all- Knox County in freaking Tennessee. That's awesome. Maybe I should get into wrestling because that'll help me with my political <laughs> attributions. Look at like Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Seriously, like our, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. never like a wrestler, but has a really good relationship with the wrestler Triple H. Has been featured on WWE programming yeah. like multiple times. He was, yeah. you know, obviously in California. Hey, when um, one door opens. Yeah, absolutely. Why, any way you can get there, I guess. No. So, hey, you know what? Maybe like, maybe next time AAW comes and you're working at Bourbon Street on the south side of Chicago, maybe you take a couple body slams. People will like you. Yeah, <laughs> they'll elect you. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, other other like hobbies and and activities. Um, I enjoy like a little bit of like karaoke uh sometimes i go to karaoke i have a friend that asks me like every friday saturday night almost i feel bad i i, I got to text him back about yesterday i couldn't make it but uh once in a while I'll wait, go wait. Do so he asked you about yesterday and you still haven't texted him back about i'm yesterday? sorry yeah. <laughs> Ooh. i was i was working on this very podcast i'm sorry well you can tell that friend that i'll come through we i'll even you? karaoke <laughs> and i will make it work to next next weekend make it happen i'll totally Oof. i will school you i will <laughs> Some semi charm. I never said I was good. Baby, baby, I will drop that on you. I never said I was good. I just said I would come through on a promise. Are you supposed to be good at karaoke? Isn't karaoke like you're not supposed to be like? Yeah. Like if you kill it, you should probably be doing something more. Yeah. Uh, But I love karaoke. Like I don't. So like me to like full on like belt it out like in front of you. I have to trust you. So like you're either like my significant other or like really like long term like friend. Like you're not gonna judge me. Like I sing it in the car. And the other thing that I do a, a lot of it's is... It's not that secret, everyone. It's on Snapchat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Me and Sia. We were the greatest alive <laughs> that Maybe day. we'll give a little uh, AWD podcast uh, sneak peek next time you're in the car. May, I can, yeah. Instead of putting it on my personal account, I'll put it on the AWD account. I yeah. can do that. That's a challenge I just threw across the table, my friend. You better okay. catch it. Okay. I got that shit. Um, but I also, uh, an old guilty pleasure of mine, uh, I haven't done it very recently, but like I like making themed mixtapes, mix CDs, I guess it turned into, and now mixed playlists because yeah. people don't burn CDs anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, like for anything, like you have a, like a friend that passes away, uh, you you have like something, like, like a girl that you're into and you want to like play a song for her, like... I have examples of this. Like, do you want me? Do you want me to like bust out some some jams? Like, I'll give you some examples. I, I want to know. Uh, just go down the playlist and say like what the what the the name of the playlist is, and then the songs. Like, I, I may have like a few like a few things. You know, like I'm not currently like in progress on like any playlist or whatever. But like, so just like random situation wise, like like maybe you're like really into somebody and you haven't like felt that way in a long time. So maybe you bust out. Some like Billy Joel, you you do like you, so this is like an like I've got all the feels kind of playlist. Yeah, like yeah. so so maybe like Billy Joel, like the longest time, like Tony, I'm you kind of do some backup vocals. You want you want you take if you I mean if you want I'll, 
We can you do can this. start it. Is, we we need. Some, is, is isn't that one? Is there snapping in that one? There is snapping. Uh, I feel like there's some bum bum bum. It's all like vocals. <laughs> Everything on that is vocals. Yeah, it's true. True. It's a, it's some acapella shit. Daniel, can you? Are you a good snapper? Can you snap for us? Okay. Maybe this won't last very long, but you feel so right, Ah. and I could be wrong. (laughs) Maybe I've been hoping too hard, but I've gone this far, and and it's it's more more than I hope for. Who knows how much further we'll go on? Maybe I'll be sorry when you're gone. I'll take my chances. I forgot how nice romance is. I haven't been there for the longest time. Whoa. Bum, bum, for the longest time. Yeah, see, there you go. That you might do that. Some chick might be into that. I don't know. I do that I shit love sometimes. That song. And it then reminds you might, me of growing up. I love that song. Right. Yeah. And, and then maybe like maybe you do some hollow notes. Like maybe some chick. Like that's like the best kiss you ever had. Like is that how you organize your songs? Like when you download them? Like what? Like feels? <laughs> feels? I mean, like no. I mean, I, that's not how I download them. But I mean, like I'm I'm good at like assigning like a song to a thing. To a so thing. like. So like you know like uh, Hall and Oates, I mean it could because your kiss your, your kiss, kiss is on my list because your kiss your kiss I can't resist because your kiss is on my list of the best things in life yeah, yeah like that shit I mean and then like I don't, rock, where's yeah. your friend we might as well have just done karaoke tonight right yeah. like hey uh, Dan Meski. AKA Bummer. It's like uh, Sunday night. If I don't think anyone does karaoke on Sunday night, but we can. Um, I, I did like a thing at my apartment like uh, last year sometime where it was like a pajama theme party. And yeah. we, I totally hooked up to like the Xbox with a karaoke game that lets you import stuff onto the hard drive. And really? Do karaoke? Yeah. I had like the microphone. I should have brought it today. I should have like rocked that shit out. I'm not a karaoke. I can't. I don't know. I can't do karaoke. No, but neither I, do I. See, I, I, feel, I feel like I. Have a, I mean, not that anybody else can't do this, but I feel like I have a little talent. Like I'm good at like picking up certain songs and things. Like so, those were two like classic songs. It was like yeah. old school. Like if you want to go like more recent, you want to like say your feelings about something or someone. Like you got my guys Blue October that I reviewed earlier. Like the the new album has a song called King. That song is basically like, hey, you know, I might not have all this other stuff, but as long as I got you in my arms, I feel like a king. Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's the riches right there. Like so, I mean, that's good on a mixtape. Yeah. Uh, they also sticking with Blue October. There's a song 18th Floor Balcony, like off their breakout album, Foiled, like that thing. Uh, essentially, you cannot be my future wife if if that's not in like the top three running for like our first dance song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like th- like I can I can do the old stuff. I can do the new stuff. Uh, I miss mixed CDs, man. Right? Like I feel like you could always have a theme. Like if you had like somebody that passed away and you wanted stuff that was like in the vein of like what they were about, or yeah. you wanted to like impress a girl that you were into, or yeah. you. Uh, Maybe even political, like there's a lot of punk music that's like you know yeah. political statement. Rage like, against the machine. Uh, yeah, like I felt yeah. like I I had this like knack, and I still do it now. But like back in the day, I my college girlfriend, like that was the thing. Like in college, I basically had like a job on campus that I got like a little stipend, like money, like not anything impressive at all. So I didn't have a lot of cash. Yeah. So when it was like things like Valentine's Day, birthdays, like holiday, I like girl. 
I'm gonna get you like this little small gift that don't cost too much, but I got you like a mix CD. I'm yeah. gonna burn that shit, and it's gonna tell you all about like the scope and the yep. like, the progression of our relationship, the ups and downs. Yep. And you're gonna cry. You know why? Because I'm talented, man. <laughs> like. So that's a guilty pleasure of mine. I feel like I was really good at it in the yeah. college years. I still could be now. Um, yeah. You know, like you give me a subject and I could I could do that shit. So uh, I figure you'd appreciate that. Cause, Absolutely. You, know, you, you you hum a few bars from time to time yeah. while, you're, while you're slapping the bass. Slap at the bass. Slap at the bass. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that's gonna do it for for guilty pleasures. Unless you guys want to confess anything else. Not You're publicly. You're good. <laughs> and that's 99 bottles. That's 99 bottles for this episode. We'll be back in a minute with part two of our featured interview. Brett is about to tag in and give us more nerdtastic beer information and knowledge about Imperial Oak Brewing. So stay tuned. Want to get in touch with the show? Email us at awdpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, as you know, Grant has now got our refills, and Brett has tagged in to answer the rest of our questions. So here it is, part two of my exclusive conversation, our featured interview with Imperial Oak Brewing. Check it out. Fantastic. Let's slide the mic over to Brett. Brett, welcome into the podcast. Welcome into After Work Drinks. I like this. I like this. I didn't want Brett to be left out. I'm told that you can do like the, the nerd talk a little bit more about the beer. Um, he was... <laughs> yes, I can do the nerd talk for Gr- sure. Grant was a little bit concerned that I might ask like too many like nerdy formulaic questions about the sours. And I told him I'm not much of a nerd guy with the beer either. I love beer, but I, I don't think I was going to nerd out on him too much. But... Uh, I guess I'll just pick up with you exactly uh, where we left off. And uh, what I was going to ask next is that uh, with any business, you know, situations can evolve and change. Timing can be everything. Um, we were just speaking about the whole canning thing and how you guys are back there. When I walked in the door today and you are got your own canner now, you're you know getting away from the mobile canner, you're doing your own thing. So there was a time where that probably wasn't on the radar for you guys. And then now it is. So, you know, something that wasn't on the radar six months ago to a year ago, that maybe would make more sense now or will make sense in the future. Do you guys ever foresee a time where you guys would go after a distribution license and want to distribute now that you can kind of can on your own terms? Um, probably, I'm not saying we wouldn't do it, but we wouldn't do, be able to really do it out of this facility. Um, our system's just not really big enough. Um, the canner we got is really designed for us to can you know, 20, 15, 20 cases of beer to sell out of here. Um, it's not quick enough to can 70, 80 cases to even see small distribution. Right. And we can't really even, even if we had the canner to do it, we don't have enough beer to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys would essentially have to do really freaking well for yourselves and probably expand a bit more before that was It would have to be the table, some volume-wise. sort of a... What do we have here? That's the current. All right. That is the watermelon cucumber. 
Wonderful. I'm going to take pictures of this and feel special that I'm tasting this thing that's not quite on tap yet. Oh, you got to get the fancy new glass, yeah, I, too. Yeah, I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't start for you because I don't like you. I figured you didn't want to get all hammered right away. So. Uh, you, you underestimate me, sir. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I am not trying to get hammered, but if I do, it's not going to be the worst, uh, the worst effect on me. I would be perfectly okay with that. So... So yeah, we I mean we are we have a seven barrel brew house, which is you know, when we were doing all our research, it's sized for a a brew pub. Right. And that's what we always kinda set out to do here was all on site uh, all on site sales. And things took off for us, which is great, but when they did, uh, I mean, with all this space that we have now with the expansion room and all the outside seating we have now. We have a hard enough time just making enough beer to keep up with here. So yeah, I mean, uh, having enough for it to go out is uh, like it would. It would have to be some sort of a another facility, a contract brewing situation, something like that. But we haven't really delved into any of that yet. I have to. I have to say that um, this watermelon beer is fantastic. So. Yeah, it's a nice summery summery beer. I like uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass to find cucumber juice <laughs> to use <laughs> hand squeeze man yeah, you, gotta, you just no, gotta do the work found a, a place that does it that uh it's actually the same place we get our pumpkin juice from so God, this is really good i mean just like the, like the natural like flavors you know like sometimes you you not with like say beer but like you know you get like juice and you're like yes this is very artificial cranberry yeah. or cherry or whatever like it tastes of real cucumber real watermelon because it is it's fantastic it is. yeah we don't we really try to avoid using any art, anything artificial. Uh, for our all of our fruits and vegetable, we use. Uh, there's a couple different places where we use uh, 100% juice concentrates. Uh, it just kind of works the best for the way we use it. We add all of that stuff in the fermenter, so it ferments out, and doesn't leave the beer sweet. Uh, I'm not and a big fan of this one right here beers. with this one that's coming soon but not quite there yet this was uh what was this one again this is that's the, our berliner weiss with uh black currant juice added to it so this this is phenomenal the currants um i like them a lot they're kind of like a mix to me it's like a blackberry and like a red wine kind yeah of character i remember the first time i i believe i was probably at a wine place um with one of every ex-girlfriend there's ever been because they all love wine women and their <laughs> wine and like I remember however many years back was the first time saying like currants and I'm like I know like river currants what's current that's like edible I don't know what that is yeah so uh there you go education for anybody out there that didn't know what the the, the current was we're, we're somewhere between wine and blackberries and such and yeah and we I, had uh when we were at uh, Great Taste of the Midwest a couple weeks ago I was able to try the the Deeth by currants the it's going to be one of the revolution barrel aged variants this year so it was good. I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So no no plans for distribution in the near future. But, hey, if things continued blowing up to where you would have the means, the manpower, the equipment, the beer to do it, would you guys say no? Because, I mean, this probably benefits no. to selling it out of the tap yeah, room, obviously. No. It's all Well, the margins are much better, and we have, you know, a lot more control over We're able to do some stuff on our scale that we wouldn't be able to really do on a larger scale. Right. Um I mean, it's great to make, you know, seven barrels of a Schwartz beer to sell in your tap room, but you're not going to make 60 barrels of that to no, distribute. Yeah. So 
Um, our scale allows us to do a lot of fun things that we and make a lot of beer styles, frankly, that we probably wouldn't be able to do if we were a larger brewery. So I don't see us ever doing anything that would change what we're doing here. Here's a here's a question that may be more realistic. Um, part of the distribution license, uh, which I believe came up a few minutes ago, talking to, to Grant, uh, when you guys do collaboration beers, because you don't have the distribution, you would not be able to make your beer here and transport it there. If it's made here, it has to stay here. Correct? Yes. yes. So if you were to get to a point where maybe you did distribute beer, would you ever more heavily consider it and just being able to be like a guest tap or like a collaboration well, type thing, would, would that be worth it for you? The problem with that is the, the license that we have, we actually have a brew pub license even though we don't have food. That's why we're able to have a full liquor bar and all that stuff. So, right. But the other side of that is that we cannot self-distribute. So even if we wanted to send two kegs of beer to you know, our friends over at Buckle Down or whatever, we'd have to go through a distributor. Now, me not being like with the up to you know, snuff with the, like the legal aspect of it, would it be something where you're obtaining an additional license or would it be getting the license that you have reworked? Well, if it would be if, again, it would get back to we'd probably need some sort of other facility or contract brewing situation Yeah. where we would have enough beer available to make having that going, doing the distribution going through a distributor worthwhile i'm just i'm just playing it wouldn't be devil's advocate i guess it would be like i'm just like in your guy's corner i would love for you to just like explode and be like yeah no we're not the next huge thing no we're definitely not like we're never gonna do that we're never gonna just that's not that it at all it's just yeah it would require something that we currently don't have yeah which is a much more brewing capacity I'm just I'm just sitting here like looking at it like man your guys stuff has been so good like I, I've been coming here since shortly after you guys opened the doors and it's really cool that uh, you know that you guys are, are growing and I, I, I just completely root for you to continue because if you ended up you know years from now being like the next like Lagunitas revolution yeah, no, like I something mean, like that would be amazing like, would I, be. I would love that that would be and we're not it, we're not done we're always looking for the next thing to do um, but doing distribution is going to require something more, more than yeah. just yeah. let's add another two fermenters you know and because we're stuck with space too even if we wanted to put a bigger brewing system in here we don't have the room to do it yeah um, and, and like i said before with the variety i'm not sure i'd want to do a bigger brew house here yeah grant grant told the story of how uh, you were lucky that your your neighbor over here that now became this room we're sitting in savage oak uh was super duper like hey I'm I'm amicable to the idea. Like I have a warehouse, yeah. I can move it. Uh, so we talked about how you have the Blackwater on the other side there yep. doing tattoos, and and it sounds like they're doing really well. He told me it's about yeah. a month wait if you want a tattoo for him. So I don't think yeah. they're going anyway. But uh, you guys do an awesome job here. And uh, hey, if you grow bigger, awesome. If you don't, I'll always be a customer, man. Yeah, like, I mean we're not planning on stopping. Like I said, like figuring out what that next step is is. It's more than just expanding and adding another room, that kind of thing. Well, here, here's something to run by you. It's, it's coincidentally, I, just sort of by happenstance, our conversation went this direction, so it's a perfect lead-in. Um, probably no room to expand right here right now, but if things were going really you know, well and healthy financially and an opportunity presented itself, uh, would you guys pursue opening a second tap room in another location? Yeah. Yeah, we would be, we're definitely open to something like that. 
Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think like how many like do right now that I can think of. So Pollyanna did it. Yeah. Uh, Revolution. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, well, there's different ways you can go. If you just if you do all different, like we could open up another place just like this, uh, and do a tap room, and we could put a bigger brew house in there, enough to do some sort of limited distribution. You can also do. Uh, we could do a full on. You can do a full on production brewery and still hold up to three brew pub licenses. So we could do okay. a full production brewery without jeopardizing what we're doing here. Um, it just there's a lot of different options, um, but we haven't really decided what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, next it's kind of one thing at a time. Um, you know, we got this uh, Savage Oak room open. We're starting to get our sour program really going well. And we're going to add a couple more fooders in here come winter. And then it's, we've kind of always done things just sort of one step at a time. We've never, you know, never digging ourselves into too deep of a hole. Just kind of, you know, doing things as we need to, not because we want to. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I prefaced when we were talking about canning right before uh, we brought you in and you know, there's a time where something's not on the table. There was a time where we're not thinking about canning right now. No, there was. And then that translates into mobile canning, and now that's translated into your own. So who knows what the future holds, but obviously mm -hmm. I, I'm wishing the best for, for any expansion because uh, I owe, I think, a lot to you guys because when I started drinking craft beer, it was like, all right, you know, you go to a regular bar, you pick it off the menu. Um, you see it on your, your liquor store shelf and, and you try stuff that way. Uh, but back when you guys first opened, you were probably one of the first couple or few actual like breweries and brew pubs where I went direct to the source for the beer. Yeah. And I've been coming here ever since, you know, since 2014. So um, you guys were probably something that like sparked me to not settle for picking it off of store shelves, the, the guys that have distribution, but actually like, hey, this brewery, I've been hearing good things. I'm going to go out to that suburb and I'm going to try them. We were actually, I think, it doesn't seem like it, but we, because we haven't been around really long, but we did open up, you know, like a couple years before a lot of places did. We were one of the first breweries in the area to really focus on our tap room instead of any sort of distribution or anything. Um, I can remember talking to other brewers when we first opened and telling them we weren't going to do any distribution. And yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, we'd have guys from other breweries that have been around a little bit longer come in here and be like, this is the smartest thing. I wish we would have done this. You know? like, <laughs> so yeah, it's I mean, kind of, you know, and now, you know, now tap rooms are everywhere and everyone's doing it. I mean, it's great. It's a great way to enjoy beer. But um, I, I started, the downside of that is the way we focused and the way we decided to go about things. It's going to be hard for us to get into distribution without some sort of major financial investment. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and it's funny too because I like I've been at like liquor stores where it's like, hey, that's a really awesome beer, and I'm super happy you have it in stock. But I, I see the little thin layer of dust on it; it hasn't been moving. So I mean, there's the danger of, of that too. I mean, in my neck of the woods, like currently, I'm living in Brighton Park. If you're, I don't know if you'd be familiar with that neighborhood, but. Uh, there's a liquor store near me, and I just feel like I'm, I'm pillaging them because their their clientele 
uh, is essentially people that are like just getting the cheap stuff for the yeah. you know the fight night tonight or whatever, and, yeah. and they're they're not craft beer drinkers. So like if you want to come in there and find this like certain seasonal thing that you're used to flying off the shelves in like you know the trendy liquor stores that are like oh yeah you know let me go to that place because they're always known to have that. Um, I'm lucky that right in, in my backyard I have a place where it's like man they have like a, a whole shelf full of X Y and Z plenty in stock like mm. let me grab it um, there was a ton of like aged bourbon county stout and uh, and like the barley wine like aged and I'm just sitting there like feel like if this was other places I have to chase down bourbon yeah. county to a certain degree I'm staring at like a whole shelf top the whole aisle long of it I'm just like I'll take a few of you I'll take yeah. a few of you so yeah I mean Depending on, I think, like, where you distribute and how much, like, whether it's, like, local distribution a little bit further out, you do probably also run a risk of, like, all right, are there going to be profits in it? Because not everybody may know who you are. It's probably better to bring someone directly to the tap room. Uh, at the start of the interview, talking with Grant, we were saying about how someone comes in and says, I'm used to drinking this, this, or this domestic mm -hmm basic beer and then you kind of like gateway drug them into yes. trying craft by saying like hey like let's bridge the gap with this light beer and see yep. what you think so i mean very cool uh i do hope that in the future maybe that will be something in store for you guys but since you are very tap room focused right now that's the current uh business model let's talk about what you do do here at the tap room uh your fests uh, I believe if i have it right it's a big three saint patty's the anniversary and Oktoberfest. Yep. And uh, you guys always kill it with the fest. Every time I come here, huge turnouts, awesome food trucks outside, music, uh, a sense of camaraderie, community, and of course, fantastic beer. So is there like a secret sauce or formula to how you guys plan these? Do you feel like you're doing anything different that other people, other breweries aren't? Or is it just a case of like, if you build it, they will come? Uh, it's a little more than just that. Um, I think part of the reason ours do so well is because it's not just, you know, we made an Oktoberfest beer and we put a tent outside. You know, we have, when, whenever we do these festivals, we always bring out a lot of crazy barrel-aged specialty beers. We always have four or five different food trucks for people to come and choose from. And we have an Oktoberfest band during Oktoberfest. There's, we set up an arcade during our anniversary party. We have the Irish dancers and bagpipes out for our St. Patrick's Day. So we kind of do, I think, a little more with it than a lot of places do. So yeah. it's you... more of a party than just a beer release, you know, which, and there's that part of it too, where, so it's kind of both. And that's, I think, why they do so well is, even if you don't really give a crap about Quiet Giant, it's still a hell of a party. A lot of you other stuff I mean? going yeah, on, it's, yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Like, even if you don't like German lagers, you know what, you can come here and... We're tapping six other things, we're too. We're going to have probably yeah. five or six different barrel-aged beers on tap that day, plus, uh, you know, an Oktoberfest band and... And, like, your, your guys' Paddy's Day thing, I've never missed it. Um, I mean, it, it's awesome. I almost feel like you guys give the, the Beverly neighborhood a run for its money as far as <laughs> the, the Irish go. I mean, you've got... You got like the Irish dancers here, obviously, uh, you know, younger kids partaking in that. You've got their family, very yep. family oriented event, very family oriented bar. You know, you don't have to just come here for the beer. I feel like you guys always have a, a, a very welcoming atmosphere and there's always a lot going on. So there's something for everybody. Well, that was sort of was part of our plan was, 
you know, because as like a craft beer sort of nerd beforehand, like having friends that weren't into craft beer, you know, you'd find yourself going to places and there's just nothing for them to, to drink. And you end up, you know, having a beer and leaving and going somewhere else. You don't have to do that here. I mean, if you can't find something to drink here, whether you drink beer or not, then you're not trying very hard. Yeah, like the fact that you- <laughs> we got cocktails, <laughs> cider, yeah. like. The, I don't know what I don't know what you could possibly want that we don't have. The fact that you guys have like the liquor license to be able to do like full bar, um, you know, you hope people are coming to try your beer and that they will. Well, they but do. there's there's always that friend that is either like we're coming here to watch the Bears game and I'm a whiskey guy, I'm a rum guy, I'm a Miller Lite guy. Maybe you could transition the Miller Lite guy to try something one of your light beers. Maybe not, but it's cool because it's better than the guy being like. There's nothing for me here. If he knows that he can come with his three like beer snob, beer nerd, craft beer guys, and they can do their thing with Imperial Oak, well, brew, that's the thing. You, and he can do his, then that's the best of both worlds. Your friends right. don't have to feel left out when exactly. they come here. That's exactly what it is. I mean, our sales are, you know, 85% our beer, you know, and the rest of it's made up of cocktails and merchandise and all that. So, I mean, the vast majority of what we do is still our beer. But having that option, you know, you got a group of eight people come in and seven of them drink beer and one of them doesn't, you know, those seven people are going to have two, three beers each as opposed to either not coming at all or having one and leaving because their one friend, you know, who might have two, three cocktails. Well, you know, I, I don't see a reason not to offer that person something. Right. Totally agree. So uh, getting back to the fest, obviously I want to promote the upcoming one so uh oktoberfest is on saturday september 29th this year tell us what we can expect and specifically if there will be anything new at the event that you haven't done in previous years um well the well the stuff that'll be the same is we're still gonna do our the releases of our das boots our oktoberfest beer uh we are gonna have that in cans this year so that'll be different uh, we're also going to have our Colshin cans this year. So we're, we'll have a bunch of new beers packaged for that. Um, as far as we're still going to have the band. that uh, The band that we got is pretty awesome. They're uh, Super Oberknockers. I can't I'm sure I pronounced it wrong. But they, they it's a, like a German Oompa band, but they also do like, it's a little more rocking. So they're pretty okay. cool. Um we're, another new thing we're doing this year is we're going to have like a separate beer area. We kind of separate out our wild sour beers for um, our festivals, but for this time it's pretty much just going to be all different Ber Berliner Weisses. Okay. So that'll be cool. I definitely want to check out the band. You've piqued my interest now. Cause, uh, oh, yeah, they're awesome. Anything that's like a little tweak on the, the traditional uh I'm, I'm curious to see the, the rocking aspect of this. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to Yeah, they're, uh, to be they're there really good. Day. They're really good. Now, one thing that we all know for sure, it's not hard to find great breweries making great beer, especially in Chicago and its suburbs. So what we like to ask all of our breweries on the show is, aside from just saying we make good beer, what are your differentiators? When I think Imperial Oak, I'm going there for this because that's their specialty, that's their calling card. What is the thing or things that set you guys apart from others? I think the biggest thing that sets us apart is just the variety of stuff that we offer. Um, we change our beers over really frequently. Pretty much every week, you could come here every Friday or Saturday or whatever and there'd be at least two or three different beers 
for you to try every single time. We brew styles that I don't think a lot of people, a lot of other breweries have sort of gone away from, which, I mean, I get it. IPAs are popular and all that stuff, but you know what? We just made a Dunkelweizen a couple days ago, and that beer's fantastic. And a lot of places just don't make stuff like that anymore. So you can, when you come here, you're, you're going to be able to have some beers that you're really not going to be able to get many other places. Yeah, I mean. We always do other, we always, we make different styles that just a lot of places just don't make anymore. I would say, like, day one, you guys open. You're named Imperial Oak, so obviously you're thinking Imperial Strength. You're thinking barrel-aged, obviously, mm-hmm. with the oak aspect. But now you guys have the Savage Oak, Sour Series, and like you said, not just that. Like, that's an extra, you know, side compartment of the business that there's sort of a little bit of focus on right now. Right. But exactly what you just spoke to is you can come in here, and if there is a type of beer that you guys have not done at least once— I couldn't tell you because you have such a variety. So, you know, like I said, you guys were part of the reason, like when I first started trying to go to physical tap rooms to get stuff. Um, and what I've always liked here is, like you said, multiple beer tappings every week. And you look up on that chalkboard, we're tapping this Friday, we're tapping this Saturday, we're tapping yeah. this Sunday. Um, so I almost get a little bit sad when I can't make it here on a weekly basis because I know I'm going to miss something. And then uh, also what makes me slightly sad is when I look at the board and it's like, yeah, it's like a one or two keg thing. And so no crowlers, no growlers. Yeah. I'm like, but it's so good. Yeah. So I have, to, I have to stay here to get hammered on <laughs> insert special beer here. Um, but, you know, it, it's really awesome. Uh, I personally love the variety. I, I think all of your customer base do, too, as well. So yeah, I, I would, I would so agree. Too. I mean, where else can you go and get? I mean, literally right now you could get a Kolsch, uh, Lambic style sour beer, a wild saison, a American stout, a milk stout, a Belgian triple. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure I'm missing like whole different genres over there. You know, a brewed IPA, a New England IPA. I just don't think there's anywhere else that's doing that much different stuff. Like, like how many week to week? How many beers would you say, like on average, you guys would have available at any given time? Well, we have 18 different handles, and we keep them pretty, we keep them full, and they rotate at a rate of uh, three-ish, three to four per week. So, I mean, when one, th- I mean, we try to, we definitely keep like themes around. We always try to have some lighter stuff, some like Belgian-y stuff, some dark stuff, and of course IPAs. There's never been a time where I've come in and felt like there's not something for me. Like there's always something new to try or something I'm in the mood for. You guys do a great job with variety. Um, And as far as just like having options, because no knock at all on any other brewery, but sometimes you walk into a brewery, a little bit smaller selection, maybe they've got like six beers on tap. Like you want a flight? It's mostly everything we have. Um, So the fact that you guys can throw 18 options out there, that's amazing in itself because if I'm coming here, um, you know, like everybody I know, this is kind of like their go-to. Like, I've had a birthday party here. I've had a friend have a birthday party here. I've just recently, a couple weeks ago, uh, my friend's wife had her grad school graduation party here in the Savage Oak Room. Um, this is pretty much like our choice, and nice. we can invite our friends and our family here and know that you guys will have at least one or two beers that appease everybody that we have in our friends and family group no matter what it is they're into which is just awesome because you can't always say that everywhere else no well and that like i said that's that's kind of what we've always been going for uh i mean that's how we all were as beer drinkers i mean i was that guy you know 
back in the day that would go to the bar, and I'd never order the same beer twice. Right. And I just, I wanted, and if it was, my number one criteria was, if I hadn't tried it before, that's what I was ordering. You know, that's... Yeah, I, I've pretty much been in the same vein all my life, where if there was something I really, really loved, and I went back and it was there, I would maybe get it again, but I'm not going to go nuts on it. I'd be like, all right, that's an old favorite. Let's do that. But, hey, there's like four other things on here that I've never had, and I right. need... I put priority over trying new things, and I absolutely love the Untapped app, because before that app existed, I, I feel like my thing was... I would look at a beer list and I would say, that's ringing a bell. Was it because I, I've had it, I loved it, I hated it, I meant to have it, but I haven't yet, and you don't know. So with Untapped, I love being able to go back and be like, did I, did I have this yet? What did I think about it? And I'm just basically trying to expand my Rolodex of beers that I've tried, see what's in my wheelhouse. Um, and that's, I mean, that's like, a, that's how we all, that's how we all were as beer drinkers, so... When we came to opening a brewery, that's how we wanted to be as a brewery. We wanted to create a place where you could go and do that. So one thing that I um, that I do want to ask for, and I don't know how much is there or not there. Uh, I may be fishing for breaking news here, but I, you know I understand also that at certain times uh, there's things that aren't ready to be discussed publicly yet. But is there anything that you can share with us as far as news? or perhaps goals that you guys have toward growing the business further in the coming months and into 2019? Um, I mean, nothing concrete. I mean, we do have a couple things in the works, but not to the point where we could talk about them yet. Right. Yeah, so. That second location might be coming, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I mean, I, obviously, like, that's a shot in the dark if it's something ready to be talked about or not. You guys as business owners are always working toward the yeah, next, next like thing. Yeah, like I said, we're always working towards what we're going to do next. And we have some things in the works, but nothing that's far enough along that we can Yeah, really... no, if it can't be said on this podcast, Lord knows if it's big news, like, we'll facebook it we'll retweet it we'll everything it for you guys when that happens because yeah. uh, we're big we're big supporters we're big fans um i think i'll close on this one right now there may be someone listening to this interview to this podcast that is exactly where you guys were years ago maybe they homebrew maybe they're not even at that point just yet like maybe they just love beer and they want to get more involved with it like it's their number one hobby it's their passion they're really really into it um and maybe their goal or their dream is to open a brewery one day like you guys have. What advice can you give? What would you say to someone like that? Um, well, I would say, well, first off, don't try to do everything yourself. I think part of the reason that we're successful is, you know, one of our owners is a businessman. He owns a bar, so he understands how to run the front of house. And then we have, you know, people that were really avid brewers that were doing that and, you know, Grant has a very artistic eye and he's very good at design and promotions and all that stuff. I, I just kind of first put people around you that kind of help with the things that you're not the best at. Yeah, you know, like I, I think if I, had to, if I had to do the bartender scheduling, I don't think we would be nearly as successful as we have been. Yeah, I, I, we, we touched on this earlier. Like everybody kind of has their specialty and it's probably sage advice to like, even if it is your as an individual like solo dream something on such a, a large scale as like opening a business you can't do it on yourself so you either need 
you know, official partners or, or managers yeah. or supervisors, somebody who can you can facilitate tasks to, and everybody does their niche thing that they're amazing at, and just build a great team. Like I don't yeah. think you can be successful with a brewery or any business for that matter by yourself. And then I mean, I said the other thing would couple things would be. Don't settle on a location. I mean, finding the right spot is hugely important. And then, not to be Debbie Downer, but however much you think it's going to cost, it's going to cost it's more. It's going to cost twice that <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, have that and emergency fund ready. However long it's going to take you to get started, it's going to take twice as long to get started. So uh, you can do as much research as you want, but. Just double it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume you guys, just as anybody else, probably had a couple of uh, like surprise moments where you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you get like an $8,000 bill for the architect and you didn't even realize you needed an architect. Yeah, that kind of stuff sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, really quickly, uh, anybody that is listening to this that might be looking into you guys for the very first time, or maybe they heard about you and haven't made it out here yet. Can you just give us the address, the website, social media handles, you know, so they can sure, look at you more? Um, we're uh, 501 Willow Boulevard in Willow Springs, um, pretty much under the Willow Springs Bridge at the intersection of Archer. There's a metro station down there. Um, past the 7-Eleven, past just, the condos, across the street from the metro parking lot. Yes. Um, our Facebook is Imperial Oak. Brewing. Our Twitter is Imperial Oak Brewing. We have Instagram. I think we have Instagram. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Every, everything is Imperial Oak Brewing. Yeah. All right. So Imperial Oak Brewing across all of the social media handles. Hilarious. Emailing and talking on the phone with with Grant. I said, you know what? We usually don't long form. We like to just focus on certain things. But you guys have been great conversation. Um, we're sitting here at like an hour and a half. I probably won't edit this down at all. So I accidentally long formed you guys, but you've been very accommodating. We've tasted a beer that's not even you know on tap for the public yet. Uh, very conversational. I could sit here and, and drink with you guys all night. Very insightful stuff that you guys have shared with us today. So Grant, Brett, thank you guys both for taking the time to sit down with us literally for some after work drinks. We really appreciate it. And let's pack up these mics and uh, let's have a couple more of these delicious beers. Cheers, gentlemen, Thank you. cheers. Cheers. Ah, yes, Grant and Brett of Imperial Oak Brewing. You are the crown jewel of Willow Springs. Your selection and variety blow our collective minds. Lord Humongous approves. And now that you have the ability to can even more of your bountiful beers to go, our prediction, deliciousness. And so we say, here's to you, Imperial Oak Brewing. Here's to you. All right. And word on the street is that the movie coming to tap room screen soon is Buzz Light Beer. Watch out 2019. And for more information on Imperial Oak Brewing, visit them at imperialoakbrewing.com and follow them on Facebook, IG, and Twitter for all of their latest news and events. Thanks again, guys. That's about it. Episode two is in the books. Special thanks to Grant and Brett and Christian from Imperial Oak Brewing and to our special guest sit-in, Tony Martino. Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony as always, <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell the listeners again how they can find you and all of your ventures online. All my ventures. Just Facebook.com slash Tony Martino. 
Excellent. And if you are trying to listen to us, you can find us in all these magical places like soundcloud.com slash AWD podcast or the SoundCloud mobile app, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spreaker. And you can also find us on social media, uh, Facebook at AWD Podcast, Instagram at AWD Podcast, Twitter at AWD Pod, or Snapchat. Snapchat. After work drinks, see what we're doing right here live in the moment or within the last 24 hours. You know, we don't mind if you creep on us. It's okay. We like that. (laughs) We like that shit. Nice. And next time our 99 Bottles discussion will center around pet peeves, the little things that drive us crazy. And be sure to follow all of our social media pages, as Pooch mentioned. For announcements on episode three, our next guest sit-in, featured interviews. Um, and always, too, guys, if you ever have someone that you want us to get in touch with, someone that you think would be a great guest or a place we need to visit or get on our radar, make sure you let us know. Yes. And in the meantime, until our next episode, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Be good to each other out there. And thanks again for listening. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks Podcast. Until next time, cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink, but first I need to sneak out of work real fast. Kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off, I slide past my boss, I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, well, fuck it, I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. People say I got hex games for brains Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane But life's an adventure, I just ride it out Live in the moment, might die tomorrow Relax, I don't write this song to make it back I wrote the song cause works out, man, it's time to drink You know